Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. Since we're all together, I'm going to actually hide our visual so we're not distracted like if we're looking in a mirror and we'll just have this up here. So, okay, we're back <laughs> on another exciting episode of Are Star we back Paper. right now? We're back right now. We're live. Oh, I wasn't Wait. prepared for we're that. Live. Let me make sure. Yeah, we're we are right live now. right That's now. Amazing. No one's live. no one's watching, but yeah, but we're watching. we're totally we're totally live, meaning it's recording and so cool. this is the actual show itself. Oh, we started. So we are actually in person today, which is yes, a technical okay. achievement. It's a marvel. Quite. Quite. <laughs> I actually rearranged the studio for this, yes. so we have a new background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually got a lot of complaints that my bed was in the background, <laughs> believe it or not. Really? Yeah, like people would comment like people your bed. Like I like seeing, because there's so many things on your bed that's cool. Like, I guess, uh, but people would say that like, oh, your Wally bed. and yeah, Wicked. That's all, those are all Oscar's toys, by the way. Oscar, oops, I called people. Arthur the wrong name. Oh, those no. Are all, Arth, that's his old name, actually, so it's okay. But right. That's, he has many names. He does. Yes. Yes. Cat of many names. <laughs> Cat of many names. <laughs> he is. It's true. Yeah. Very good. And uh, anyways... Uh, those are his toys. Like he comes here at night and he sleeps and he like really enjoys it. Oh, I didn't put this back. Uh oh. You can wear that one. That's like more your style now. Hmm? Just put it over here. Oh wait, did you want this one? No, I have one. Oh have okay, all right, one. okay. All and right. Emma's got. You've got yours. Hers. Yes, my yep. hair is covered. We're all yes. we're all wearing our Starfleet uh, uniforms. All right. All right. Um, okay, so. Uh, we have Emma, who has been a guest on before. We did Star Trek Three together, right? Do you remember? Yes. That was a fun episode. And by the way, just a little trivia for Starfleet Boy: it's still our most downloaded episode of. Uh, <laughs> so popular. <laughs> of Star Trek. I think whenever we have a girl on the show, it just always boosts the ratings. Or a lady, I should say. I'm sorry, you're a lady. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> Thank you. You can call me a dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, Dude. Bro, bro. Um, So today we are uh, gathered together. The reason we did come together uh, is because this is actually, in my opinion, the most important episode of Star Trek. Actually, the, it's a fixed point in Star Trek. It is. It's it is. the most Im- important moment in Star Trek lore as far as I'm concerned. So we're talking about Unification Part 1, and then we'll talk about Unification Part 2 if we have time. Hopefully we do. I think right. we do. Um, so, uh, who wants to do the summary today? Does anyone... Do you want to do the summary? <laughs> throwing me out there? <laughs> Jeez! We, all, we can all help you. We can all help you. <laughs> but, uh, but just do part one. Remember, don't well, do part two. Or you can do it. I'm, uh, just, I'm not it. Yeah, no, no. I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, the episode starts off with... Uh, you know what? Actually, to be honest... It'll be better if you do it. Okay. And then what I'll do is I'll chime in with things I've learned in the novelization. Oh, that's really good. You read the whole novelization? Or you're almost through it? I'm almost through it. Very nice. Okay. Very nice. So, okay, well, I happen to have taken notes, and so now you can Excellent. see Great. how my notes look. <laughs> oh, that's right. I went, I've never seen your notes. Well, I went oh, back oh, to... Lovely. I went back to pen and paper because um, I had a digital you. version, but it was oh. too hard to look at the screen yeah. and do all that stuff. Yeah, so it's know. just, you know, some things just work yeah. better. I like so, these uh, with the mustard colored pages. Yeah, I know. That's actually really nice. Is that on purpose? Were they always like that? I think like it's just that? that it's old. old. Yeah, that it's old. But it's I like really the neat. way it, yeah, the color it becomes. Uh-huh. That's very cool. And I like the smell. The smell. Yes. Yeah. There's an episode of Star Trek where someone's smelling a book like that. It's very interesting. I can't remember which one, though. I'm not that great. Okay, so <laughs> Spock has defected. Uh, the news comes to Picard via Admiral uh, something or other, and she basically shows him photographic evidence that Spock is on Romulus, and uh, ca- and then she says, Captain Picard, basically you need to like figure out what the F is going on, 
and go get Ambassador Spock, who is, by the way, one of he did go into the ambassadorial route there. He yes, went into, he did. Like into his the father. foreign service, just yeah, like his father. His dad. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and so, anyways, Ambassador Spock is. Um, is uh is on Romulus and Picard needs to retrieve him and bring him back because uh, it's unacceptable to Starfleet. So first things first, he goes to Vulcan to see if he can glean any information from uh, Sarek, who we saw in a previous uh, episode. <clears throat> That's very nice. You can do, you have to do all these things. I'm giving the summary. Oh, you're like, you're like, I can't do. These Where's the camera? The it's right up there. Oh, here. I oh, will bring okay. back the picture so you can see what you're doing. That's okay. a good idea. All I right. hit the picture because I think it's better to oh, okay. have interactiveness. Right. But yeah, you can do that. So this is from the uh, Masterpiece series. I remember those. The cards. Skybox mm-hmm. Master series. And, Very uh, nice. Special episodes like like this one had their own unique card. And this is, uh, like you said... A turning, it's a point, turning point in, in the show. It's so. just a. It's this episode, I think, and we'll not this episode, but especially the two together, uh, and we'll discuss that maybe more. You know, this 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 time or the next uh, the next discussion of of episode two, but I think it's just like it spawns so much um, so much craziness from here on out. Oh yeah, yeah. The, for sure. the ramifications of this episode go all the way to Nemesis and then even to the Kelvin universe. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. So anyways, what where was I? Oh yeah, so Picard goes to see Sarek on Vulcan and uh, to his surprise, uh, Sarek is in severe decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, his health is very poor. His uh, the advanced uh, he's in the advanced stages of his uh, his disease which is called Bendai Bendai syndrome. Um, very terrible disease for Vulcans because they can no longer control uh, their emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so poor Sarek is is uh, is in the state. He actually sees Sarek's current wife, which I can't remember her name. At oh, the moment. Perrin. Perrin, thank you. Oh, Perrin. very good. <laughs> so he, he actually there's a scene, uh, a nice scene with Perrin as well. And anyways, um, in his conversations with Sarek, uh, Picard learns that. Uh, well, Sarek's just convinced that Spock is not a defector, first of all. And then he learns that maybe there's a Romulan named Pardek, a Romulan center named Pardek, that, and that Spock has been communicating with for over 80 years. Since Star Trek Since 6. Star Trek 6, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's a part where he goes, where, where, oh, Kittimer. They met at Kittimer. Right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So anyways, uh... Pardek and Spock have been speaking for all this time, and they've kind of just been entertaining the notions of uh, some kind of dialogue between Vulcans and Romulans, who long ago were one people and separated. And um, mm-hmm. and so they're hopeful that maybe these, uh, you know, uh, that somehow there could be some kind of, you know, relationship between Vulcans and Romulans and, and change the uh, the dynamic as it stands. Anyways, uh, so Picard gets the clues he needs to, and then sadly, uh, Sarek can no longer really maintain himself. He kind of bounces out of his uh, frenzy, and then, you know, when Spock is brought up, and then afterwards, as the conversation's uh, dwindling down, Sarek unfortunately goes back into his state, and Picard even helps him to do the live yeah. long and prosper sign. It's a very emotional, right. poignant scene. And very. so then when he gets back to the Enterprise with the help of the crew, uh, they devise a plan to go to Romulus. Uh, and Picard and Data are going to disguise themselves as Romulans, which we have the the figures for that here, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the crew also are on a on a they're kind of trying to figure out. I forgot to mention they found like parts of a ship, and it looks like a Vulcan ship. So Jordy and uh, some of the other crew are trying to figure out that mystery. Is like why is where did this Vulcan ship come from? So. And um, <clears throat> also, uh, Picard requests help from Gowron, but apparently, uh, <laughs> Gowron, Chancellor Gowron is is like our current president and is trying to rewrite uh, Klingon history. And <laughs> yep. 
This is not Gowron. This so is. I think Donald Trump got the idea for fake news from Gowron, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Right? <laughs> for sure. So Star Trek did it first. So another reason, another reason this episode is, is poignant. <laughs> Anyways, there's a there's an exquisite scene where uh, Gowron's basically not giving Picard the time of day. So Picard's like, "Well, get me so and so," and Worf is only able to procure like a lower level clerk right. at, at the Klingon High Council, and so Picard. <laughs> basically says, please uh, let Gowron know that we would be very grateful for his help, and should he not be able to help, I'm sure there are other Klingons who would help us, mm-hmm. and then let him know that they would have our gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, That's a great scene. It is a great scene, yeah. and by the way, we do get the full Picard in this episode. We get the we, full Picard. And I think we get the full everyone. That's... Like, everyone gives their full... <laughs> Well, okay, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, so Gowan sends a ship. Uh, uh, th- uh, Picard and Data are, like, fitted for their prosthetics. They go mm-hmm. aboard the Klingon ship. They're headed towards Romulus. The Enterprise is on its way to a surplus depot. Uh, when they get to the surplus depot, there's an amusing scene with a Zakdorn, the quartermaster. Oh, yeah. um, and then they discover that uh, there's been a ship that's been pretending to be this Vulcan ship and that's docked. Um, oh, good. Our special guest is calling. Let's see if we can get him awesome. on FaceTime yeah. audio. Hold on a second. Hello. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. We're, we're in the middle of uh, the show, actually, so you've just called at a perfect, <laughs> at a perfect time. Do you want to be phone or do you want to be uh, FaceTime? Uh, I'll be FaceTime. All right, hang on. We're going to switch you to FaceTime here. We're still giving the, oh. uh, the summary, Will so we're going to put... Well, no, we're going to put him right up to the mic so that we can record him kind of separately here. Uh, I thought you were doing it on Google. Yeah, but we're in, we're live and in person. This is the beauty of a live show is that you have these conversations. We're live and in person right now, so hold on. Here we go. We're connecting. Why do we just see blue? <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it. So that's weird. Can he join us on Google Hangouts? No, because then the audio recording would fail. Oh, he doesn't have the whole audio thing like I do? Okay. Yeah, he doesn't have that going Gotcha. On. Okay, hold on. We're being we're being reestablished here. Oh, whoa, what just happened? There we go. There we go. All right, so see, we're live. Hello. And now we have our special guest who's hello. been on before, Ramon. Hello, hello, hello. I'm the unspecial guest. <laughs> you are not unspecial. <laughs> no. All right, we're going to put you on this microphone stand here. and um, So he's just going to face the microphone stand? Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Wait a second. We've got to figure out how to do this. All right, I'm going to put you on this microphone stand like this. That's funny. Wait a second. It's gotta, there's got to be a way. Anyways, can you continue the... Do you want me uh, to hold? Yes, the, if you'll here. hold Moni for a second. Okay, I'm, hold him I'm, close I'm, I'm to holding microphone. you. <laughs> so, and then... Right, so we're almost catch. finished. We're doing unification part one, by the way, and we're almost finished with the summary. So, where was I? Oh, yeah, so... You're so, summarizing the episode? What's that? You're summarizing the episode? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you came just in time. Just in time. So uh, we're at the part where uh, Picard and Data go off on a Kling- on the Klingon ship that Gowron lends them, and then um, and then Data and um, I mean sorry, and then the rest of the crew go to the to the depot and they meet the Zakdorn quartermaster. Can you and put them there? I'm gonna figure it out. We'll figure it out when okay. we stop with the summary, because then you guys can start talking about it. Okay, gotcha. Um, anyways, so then uh, there's a delightful scene. Where uh, they, I'm sorry, there's a scene where they uh, kind of hide, and then um, I know the Zach Dorn scene's awesome. We'll talk about that, don't worry. <laughs> and so they hide in the depot to see if they can expose the uh, ship that's been stealing all the supplies. And sure enough, they do, but unfortunately, because the ship was so heavily armed, a few short phaser blasts from the Enterprise cause it to. To destruct, but then they get a clue that the ship has something to do with um, a a bar. 
Well, that's the and second they, episode. Yeah, but that, they get the clue in this one. Yes, they do. Right. So they get right. the clue. They don't go to the bar right. until... So they have to go to this like kind of weird deep space bar right. to uh, to meet with but someone. You're, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, it's fine. So anyways, Picard and Data... Right. Picard and Data make it to Romulus. They're all dressed up as uh, Romulans. There's a cute scene where before that on the Klingon ship where... Picard and Data are hanging out, and Picard's trying to sleep, and Data, Data doesn't uh, doesn't let him. He just stares Some at him. Figure. No, I know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you're, so, you're so interrupting my summary here. You're inter- constantly interrupting. Anyways, um, <clears throat> what did I just drop? Oh well, it's fine. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so they go to the planet. Right. They're on Romulus, uh, and then you know they land in this village where Pardic is supposedly every like third day or something like that it's like his home village and uh, lo and behold uh, they see Pardek but then they're arrested by Romulans taken into these caves and they're like uh oh what's going to happen and then they find out that um, Pardek is uh, actually behind the arrest and that the guards are friendly and then Picard says we are here to recover Ambassador Spock, and then you hear Indeed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you see Spock, and that's the end of the episode. So, and he goes, You have found him. Indeed, yes. And he has some really great shoulder pads. He does have great shoulder pads. The Romulans are known for their, the yes, they're known for their shoulder pads. Yep. Here is. Uh, so, I'm trying to place you somewhere. I think you should go here. What's that? I don't have, I don't see you guys. You don't see our video oh. feed? Yeah. We're gonna call you back. Hold on. All right, we're gonna call. We're gonna call Moni back. Okay, so, right, so while you're you're doing that, I shall uh, chime in. And uh, I, I read the the novelization, and um, you know, obviously, novelizations are not entire. Well, are not entirely canon. Right. But I think they offer interesting insights, and in this case, the novelization was written by uh, Jerry Taylor, who was the supervising producer at the time of the of the episode. And uh, as as I was reading, I made a number of notes. Well, I didn't make I didn't even make notes. I just dogged pages. And uh, the admiral at the very beginning. She has, like, a whole relationship with Picard. What do you mean? According to the book. Like, they knew each other way back. And, yeah, even some of that, too. Maybe. Is that right? Yeah. And it's funny because when you see the scene, you're like, I don't see any of that happening on the screen. <laughs> but apparently she has... That's just uh, Jer- Jerry Taylor. That's just Jerry... Well, but, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> but uh, It wasn't in the episode. I didn't see any of that. But, I mean, they were old friends. Right. Yeah, you know? that I could... But she... Uh, apparently it starts off with her beaming aboard the Enterprise. And she knew O'Brien. Oh, wow. So it, it adds, you know, it adds some character. And she was enjoying greatly the idea of keeping Picard in the dark. Until that dramatic moment when she shows him the the video of of Spock, oh. and, and so so she wanted Picard to like feel like what's, right. What's going on? What here? what the audience really okay was feeling? Well, like what what is this? What's going on? Why would an admiral? Because she likes toying with him. Because they're old friends. Oh, they're old friends. Right. But it seems like she's not taking this seriously. Like I feel like it's like a in the novelization. I'm saying like on the show it doesn't feel that way. But in the novelization, it sounds like she's making light of the. Well, situation. not light, but just she, she's taunt. She she is enjoying taunting Picard a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, which is totally not in the scene. Do you agree with that, Emma? <laughs> no opinion. <laughs> but, so um, I already don't like this novelization. Yes. Kind of weird. That is kind of a weird. And thing. then uh, <laughs> it's there's a there, I mean they they add stuff uh, about Spock and Perrin. Oh yeah, cause and uh, I didn't I didn't really realize until I read it in the novelization. I know they say it in the show that it was Sarek <laughs> and Spock had their falling out over the Cardassian. Uh, well, they they say over the Cardassian War. Oh, they don't say that on the show. No, they do say it on the show. No, they don't. I'm pretty sure they do. I'm sure they don't. I've watched it like 17 times. They mentioned that <laughs> that Spock attacked his position on the Cardassian War. Is that right? Yes. 
Okay, yes. I believe you. <laughs> but the novelization says it goes kind of more into it, and uh, one of the digital props that I was going to use, but uh, I don't have here, is um, it was actually the there's a comic book that goes into it, which is worth reading. I read it uh, during the week, and it actually uh, dramatizes what happened between Sarek and Spock. Spock was kind of, you know, we should give these Cardassians a chance. And Sarek, oh, Sarek, you're being closed-minded again. And Sarek is like, oh, Spock, you're too trusting. You know, uh, we don't know everything about these Cardassians. Of course, Sarek turns out to be right. But there is a scene where Spock confronts Sarek, and it is in a public uh, Uh, hearing. And Perrin had just married... Uh, Sarek. Oh, she, oh, Perrin does talk about that, I think. Yeah. She's like, I'm fiercely protective of my right, husband. Or right, and, like and, and right. And it goes that. into how they met, and, and the comic book throws in McCoy. Oh, McCoy wow. was at the wedding. Spock was not. I mean, again, this is not, you know, this is, I mean, we all have our head cannons, as they say. Right, right, right. I liked the comic book. I thought it was very good. And You mean the novel? Well, this is the comic, oh, comic book, book that you were just talking but about. But the novel references that event. Interesting. So it's kind of, I guess you could say it starts off in the novelization, then you can read more about it in the... Hey! hey. Apple. Apple is stealing, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. So we just finished recapping the novelization, and Em and I don't like it, but... <laughs> I'm not done recapping oh, the novelization. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I saw you posted that on Goodreads. Yeah. Oh, you saw he posted it on Goodreads, Humbert? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not done yet, though, but I'm most of it, okay. most of it. And I, I was just saying that novelization goes into a little bit about Perrin and Spock and how she felt that Spock kind of slighted her just from the beginning and she just never got close to Spock and if you watch the episode Spock is a bit of a jerk like like you get a sense that you know yeah. you know like you can like, totally see him dissing Perry like saying you're not Amanda you know one has to wonder how many human wives <laughs> <laughs> since the original series <laughs> Right, as I mean, I mean, let alone you know, ha- you know, like half brothers and stuff. Now you know, there's Cybok, and then there's a Vulcan princess we we never hear about, and, and then Michael yeah. Burnham also. And uh, well, let's not even go there. I love Michael. Burnham. I don't know if Discovery is canon yet, but okay. It, uh, unfortunately, that, it's being shoved down your throat. It is, it is canon. You, is I don't, you have no choice. I don't know. You have no choice in it. It's I, I'm not dictated sure. by Star Let's Trek. wait to see if Viacom and CBS merge. Right, well, I'm waiting for okay. that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm waiting for that merge to see if it happens. All right. Well, as far as we can tell, Discovery's canon. So, um, and they promise an explanation for all the wacky, wacky shit yeah, that's going on. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, I, I'll say one more thing, and then I'll shut up about the novelization. Uh, there's a, the, it is worth reading. Like I said, it was Jerry Taylor who wrote it, who was one of the producers at the time. And you're totally off camera. It's okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. The, no, um, and <laughs> she throws in uh, extra character into the novel, who is is kind of like an ensign and working in security. And works with Riker, and work. It's like a whole subplot that is not at all in. Oh, that's nice. They're, they're, they're reconciling. <laughs> Hold on, we gotta show um, show the audience. So we have we have props. Spock and Spock and Sarek, father and son. If they could actually express themselves, they they would be hugging. It's true. Anyways, go on with your assessment of the novel. I think it's worth... I, I really... If you love the episode as much as I do, I think novelization is worth a read. This you is, get extra insight into Picard, into... Uh, I mean, I think the only character you don't really get much insight into is Spock. They kind of keep Spock... Well, yeah, because he's as, like Mickey Mouse. You got to keep him... Right. You know, you got to keep him as Mickey a mystery. Mouse. Well, you know, a mystery? Well, okay, Disney has a policy of not putting <laughs> Mickey Mouse in a lot of things because they want to keep him... I didn't know this. Special, yeah. That's why. And Kermit. So we never know what Mickey Mouse thinks. In no, anything? or like, well, we just don't see him often because we don't want to like. There, Mickey's got to be. There's got to be that magic about the mouse, you know. And so okay. it's like the same with 
That's why you don't see Spock. Spock often. is like Mickey Mouse. Is, <laughs> Spock is you like heard it here first. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, so. Uh, what was I gonna What was I gonna ask you? Oh no, I just had one thing to say about the novelization, which is uh, to give a shout out to Trekkie Rob, who runs the Star Trek Book Club, and uh, Rob has been on the show, and uh, we'll have him on again. But uh, he runs the Star Trek Book Club, which is pretty cool. I wonder if they've read this. I'm sure they have. In fact, uh, Rob, if you're listening to this by any chance, please comment in the comment section or send a message and let us know what you think of the Unification novel if you've read it uh, before. Um, anyway, so that was the special shout out to to one of the. That was well shouted yeah. out. And so we're no longer the Starfleet Boy regulars. They're no longer. It's the team now. Yes, the it's team. team. Yes. Starfleet Boy we're team. Part of a team we're, the, we're the team. We're <laughs> part of a team. <laughs> so you're all part of the team. It's a good all team. Right. It's a good team. All right. Team. Speaking of team. Uh, who wants to any? Do you have any like particular things about the episode you want to comment on or talk about? Was there anything you noticed? Um, I mean, it's. I think the the standout. Uh, oh, am I am I speaking too low? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I I, I think this one of the standout scenes in the episode is is obviously Sarek. Yeah. And the scenes with him, and you know, obviously it's the last it's the last time we see. Mark Leonard in the role, if I'm not mistaken. Right? I think he dies shortly after this. We didn't go over uh, the dedication at the beginning of this episode to Gene Roddenberry. Right, he had just passed also, away. Also, Gene Roddenberry just passed away, and so this episode marks that, um, right. in a sense, by doing the dedication in the beginning. And I like that they played the the fanfare, mm-hmm. you know, the, main, the main Star Trek theme in the beginning. It was very but emotional. Presumably the episode was filmed long before he died, but it's this kind of interesting that the timing worked right, out exactly. that way. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah. And, and the, with Sarek, you're right. It's like, so, yeah, I mean, like, we do also off-camera learn that Sarek dies in this episode. I don't think I said that in the summary, but um, so that's pretty, you know, that's pretty crazy, too. So, yeah, there was a lot of weird... Uh, it was an emotional... An emotional time, but I right, remember yeah, when yeah. we saw it, it was an emotional time, too, because Star Trek Six had just come out, like... The year before or that year? Maybe. No, wait a minute. That's see, that's what I don't remember. I don't recall okay. exactly. It is a hundred percent yes, uh, post Star Trek Six because in the th- is it? In, in Unification Part Two, Spock makes a direct reference to Star Trek Six, saying, "I I put yeah, another crew of the Enterprise right, in but Jeopardy. wasn't that meant to promote Star Trek Six? Oh, you think it this was came out? out? Oh, you think I, this I don't came know. Out what do you? Re- I don't remember. It's all a blur to me. But I know it's the same year, at least at the very no, least. Right, it yeah. is the same year. But I mm-hmm. believe what they did is that they had filmed Star Trek Six, and I I don't remember if this is true or not. My impression is that they had filmed Star Trek. They knew they were going into Star Trek Six. They 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 were all they were done filming it, and they wanted to tie it in somehow. With Star Trek Next Generation, of course, and they only had, I mean, they filmed uh, episode two of Unification first, as you said, because of the availability of Leonard Nimoy. Okay. So this episode that we're talking about right now is actually filmed after the Leonard Nimoy part. That well, I guess that makes sense. And it was to sense. time it because they wanted. <laughs> well, yeah, right. He's barely. Yeah, he. He. he uh, I guess Luke pulls a Spock. In Force Awakens, right? Uh, actually, we can say that, right? That's in my notes. Actually, that's in your notes. I know. Yeah. The episode is exactly like Force Awakens. I think Ryan Johnson. I'm going to have to uh, expose you here because, in fact, the whole episode is just like you know they're on this search, they're looking for Spock, and he doesn't appear till the very end. So Were you upset? For Spock. <laughs> they need to search for Spock. <laughs> it it is like the search for Spock, for Spock part yeah. two. Spock's actually. always getting lost. It is, so it's very appropriate that Emma's on Silly this episode Spock. because <laughs> she was also on the search for Spock episode. So it seems like you're always searching, searching for, for Spock. Searching for Spock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you first saw it, the, this ep- Unification Part 1, how disappointed were you when you got to the end of the episode well, you're getting to the end of the episode because you know because the hour's ending, and you're like, I haven't seen Spock yet. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, no. No? I don't remember having those feelings. Really? Like, and you I don't know if... No, I don't think I was disappointed. I think I was like, oh, like, what's going to happen in the next episode? And I also think it's, like, actually good that they did it this way because 
you get, uh, you know, we're not talking about part two yet, but going head to head with Leonard Nimoy as an actor and as just the icon that he is, like you really, the audience I think really needs to see Picard as like in his, as I said earlier, in the full Picard. And we get like, <laughs> we get like really imp- impressive performances he by Patrick Stewart. So then later when they go head to head, you totally buy it because you're like, oh yeah, you're reminded in this episode how awesome Picard is. And when he goes head to head with with Spock later on, mm-hmm. it's the pay, there's a payoff like in a sense, you know, because you're like, oh yeah, Picard can hold his own. I mean, he even like yeah. again not to go right into episode <coughs> two here, but he even says like, you know, he, he holds his ground. He's like, stop comparing me to your father. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking with my I'm speaking with my own voice, you know, like, right. <laughs> it's like right. you're getting a little ahead of yourself in episode two. Right? I know, I know. Sorry, <laughs> but, I know. We, but we, I guess, we have to keep him in line. I guess here. that's why I wasn't. Like I don't remember being disappointed. I just re- remember being like, "Oh, cool!" And like I think the anticipation was cra- driving me crazy of what's going to happen in part two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, I think also in a way it's uh, really nice to have like one episode dedicated to Sarek in a sense, you yeah. know, because like the whole episode kind of has Sarek looming behind it and we right. learn of his death and everything like that. And then that way the other episode can focus on Spock. The whole thing is very cinematic, actually. This whole episode, I think, like, they really poured a lot of attention and love. And, yeah, they did. And, they did. and like, you know, uh, budget and everything into it. And and especially this one and the next one. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this, this episode, um, I mean, it, it it's, it's like a a greatest hits of everything <laughs> classic Star Trek, even down to having Spock. Right. But of course, if you think about it, it's got Romulans, it's got Klingons, it's the yeah. Federation, like new aliens later right. on. Uh, has, the, has the quintessential Star Trek bar scene. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that yeah. comes later, but yeah. Is that, oh, that's yeah. right. That's the second episode, right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it's really giving everybody, it's really giving Trek fans everything that they would expect and it's in, and you know they probably expected people to tune into this episode who maybe hadn't tuned in to every single episode of Next Generation up until now and uh, and this was really something this was almost like an olive branch out to the fans I mean this is at the time that it aired like look for you who still hold a grudge against Next Generation for any reason look we, we have Spock <laughs> And look at how much like the original Trek we are. We've got Klingons. We've got Romulans. Um, it does really, yeah, I agree you know? with you that this episode does really like kind of like uh, solidify the next generation in the uh, in the legend, in the lore, in right. the canon exactly. of, of Star Trek in, in a way that... And then we get more with Scotty later on. But right, yeah, right, like, right. But, <laughs> yeah. but not only that, you have Mark Leonard who... <laughs> Exactly. Who played, who played who played the first Romulan? Yeah, it's true, actually. <laughs> right, hundred percent. Right, right. He did good, the yeah. whole thing. He did the yeah. Klingons. Rom- unification right. of Romulans and Vulcans. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He is the unification. Um, uh, and an interesting little tidbit. There's a lot of fan uh, thing, fan theories that go off of how basically how Sila kind of looks like Rom. Yeah, you know, like the whole weird thing of like some actors playing different roles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying that there is uh, a Romulan uh, that uh, that Romulans look like their cousins, like almost like exactly like, so it was like a mirror thing, but they didn't, I don't think it like ever it became canon, but it was no, like something that was that's, discussed. No, become canon at all. Yeah. No. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the episode is, is it's, I mean, I'll just say it's a ten. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. we're early for the ratings, but for me, it's a ten. And Humbert has given his rating already, folks. Yeah, and he couldn't uh, hold himself back. No, no. I mean, for when it's a ten, I just come out and say, "Hey, this is a 10. Do you think this is a perfect episode? Can you find any flaws? There's flaws. So, what would you do? You want to have like a little discussion about what you can think of as a flaw in this episode? Well, I mean, for me, the flaws mainly come with... I mean, obviously, I've seen this, like, a hundred times, probably, this episode. Not a hundred times, but I've seen it many, many times. I mean, I've I've, I've purchased it on Blu-ray. I've, I used to have it on tape. And, every, you know, and, and I would go to it because so often, because that was, for the longest time, I mean, up until the recent J.J. Uh, J. Abrams' Star Trek, 
this was the last time we saw Spock. Right. You know, and for characters like this, like, you want to see them, you know, the, the latest iteration of them. It's like on Doctor Who. Like, you want to, you want that, that multi-doctor thing because you want to see what are they like now, you know? Right. And, um, and, this, ep- and, and this episode, uh, the, well, the two episodes, had that, that nostalgia for me. And, uh, but in terms of just pure entertainment value, I think, um, I think the investigation of the Vulcan ship and the whole thing that they're trying to figure out, well, what's going on with this ship? I, I think that subplot is not explained as well as it could have. Uh, it, 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 it it's it's not as interesting until really part two, part two, but also that ship that comes out of nowhere that can go toe to toe with the Enterprise, and it's a much smaller ship. We don't know who, but it's is, heavily armed. I know, but I, like who? What is like? I remember even at the, the time thinking, who owns yeah. this ship that they can go up against a galaxy class starship? <laughs> With no problems. It was completely unexplained. Yeah. It was completely unexplained, and and it is not a Romulan warbird. No, it's like, not. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're kind of puny compared to the D. What's going on? Like, it just didn't. That whole little subplot, I think, is kind of dicey well, it, and, and it calls suggests, attention to itself. What I like about it is that it suggests this. Like, so this is the first time on TNG that we kind of. What I liked about that scene, I do agree that it, you know, it's unexplained or whatever. But what mm-hmm. I did like about that scene is that the idea of a surplus depot. You have this post. Yeah, that's you know, cool. You have the post uh, Wolf three five nine. You can see there's like tons of like destroyed Federation ships. Or wait, wait, Starfleet this, ships this is not post Wolf three five nine. It is. Is it? Yeah. Yes, it is. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. And so you have right. like a surplus depot, and you know that it's a salvage depot, basically, and the Zakdorn is responsible for salvaging whatever technology. Right. So you see, though, that 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 stuff's being stolen. So it's very possible that the Yamato or the, you know, whatever other sister galaxy ship, galaxy class ship out there, has been. You know, obviously, this is not like a high security area. There's not a lot of resources. It should be. It should be, but they're like, hey, it's in the middle of Federation space. Who's going to come? And do anything to this, so but you know obviously the Federation's a little naive when it comes to things like this. But apparently, but regardless, you know, I think that it is possible that a ship could have equivalent armament to the Enterprise because these people have been stealing from the surplus depot, and so there's like it's a modified ship, and obviously you can tell that their modifications are done in a rush. They're half-assed. They're not like that. Yeah, because they explode. Because they exploded when right. It was short phaser bursts. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, like, yeah. You know, we always wonder if Worf is like really adjusting those fa- <laughs> those phasers. You think Worf really didn't target? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's like he's a little <laughs> yeah, target only the engines, and right. Worf is like fuck that. <laughs> you never I'm know. Blowing the sucker so up. up, you know. So who knows? You know, he gets a little. I never really thought out. of that. Yeah, but I mean, it, I always wondered that. I, w- I like that theory. Emma, would you <laughs> hand us the Enterprise D for a moment? Uh, I have to show. We're showing one every episode, so uh, here we go. I'm going to take it out of its uh, of its birth of its birth here. So we happen to have the it's Enterprise the D. Enterprise. This is from Eagle Moss. It's a new. New collection. Well, it's not a new collection. They've been around for a while. But this is the XL version of the Enterprise D. So since we're talking about the Enterprise and its armament, I thought it would be a good time to uh, to show it. And Moni's getting like that awesome shot that you always see. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll do it for the audience as well. Here we go. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to ask <clears throat> everyone. Well, of course, I know when the first time you saw this episode was. We both saw it. At, yeah. yeah when, but, it, when it aired. When it aired. Right. Now, when was the last... When was the first time you saw the episode? Like, how, how old were you? The first time I saw it was when it was airing on the predecessor to Spike Network for Men. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that Star Trek was on the Spike Network? That's, that's so weird. That's true. 2002, <laughs> I guess. 2002. Right. Uh, right. Because that was the first time I had access to the whole series. Um... But I had known about I had known that the episode. I knew it was the one that had Spock, and so it had the special, outsized significance to the, 
Right. Not not necessarily because of the quality of the storyline or anything, but just because Spock and Sarek are in it. Right. But um, and it, and it involved Romulans, which you know these are all my favorite yes. things. So yes. <laughs> yes. We're, we're part of the Romulan fan club here. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they're 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 the like they were the f- I, I I don't remember from the sequence from the original series, but they're the first like real enemy of the Federation that we encounter that's like significant and you know awesome so right right oh I think I'm just there you go okay um I agree with you uh Humbert and I've had this debate throughout the whole of our adventures uh talking about Star Trek The Next Generation so far where um I think the Romulans actually fulfill a great like they kind of like are satisfying as far as a, a adversary uh, to the uh, Federation or antagonists here, but he says, and I also see this. I'm starting to see it more. Is that like they kind of are building up to this war, and we don't really ever see that happen. So nothing ever really <laughs> becomes of the Romulans in terms of like a war or anything like that. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's like a it's like a Wagner symphony. <laughs> 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 uh, great, uh, great analogy. There's all this pent up potential, but we never <laughs> see the war. We only hear about the war from the pre Federation days or early Federation days. I'm not sure if it was pre founding or not. It is, um, it is true that Wagner, Wagner does not uh, always deliver a climax. <laughs> it, is, it is true. <laughs> um, or you have to then, wait like a, like three operas later. <laughs> to get, you know, like, By then you've forgotten. Like, why like, am I here? Why am I here? Okay. No, just kidding. And then, you know, we have, you know, Nemesis was such a wasted opportunity, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> that's going to be a long conversation. Nemesis. Yeah. True. yeah. <laughs> when, when was the first time you, did you see it with me? Was yeah, that the first you. time? Yeah, Did you know the episode no. existed? No. No. But I haven't seen that much of Next Generation, honestly. Okay. When you did see Spock in this episode, I know you're a big fan of Spock. Like, did it make you feel like, oh, I want to watch more of Next Generation, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think it was a cool way to introduce, like, maybe original fans to the characters in Next Generation and see more of them. Yeah, I remember your because we were playing it. Uh, we were playing the second part. I guess it was last night, just, you know, just leaving the TV on. Mm-hmm. And your dad told me, yeah. he's like, oh, I didn't know Picard met Spock. Yeah. And, and your dad was kind of watching it. Yeah, no, he, he pretty much watched he it. Was, yeah. He was, he pretty much watched it? I, I wasn't paying attention to yeah, I kind of left the room, but yeah, he continued to watch it. Right. <laughs> I and think, yeah, he's just a fan of the original show. I think he said the other day, like... Uh, like I really just watched the original show. Like there's there's so many. You just gotta. You, I think you have to focus on like one at a time, really. Because I know there's one channel now they show like, you know, all four or five Star Trek yeah. shows. Yeah. Here, here's an Like icons. in a row, and it's yeah. Just, yeah, gets kind of mumbled when you've never like seen all the shows. So. Right, because <laughs> it's, it's like ten hours of track. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The fun thing is, is that Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think Star Trek: Voyager. Enterprise um, and the original series, you can kind of watch them out of sequence and it doesn't make a huge difference. Like an episode like this, you do get a bigger payoff if um, you do get a bigger payoff if you've seen it in sequence. So like for Mm -hmm. those of us that had watched all the original series, all the original series movies, Mm -hmm. um, and then followed the next generation from the beginning, this was delightful in many ways because you're like, oh my gosh, this totally explains this and this totally explains that and there's like, uh, you know, there's just like all kinds of neat little... uh, Like I said, that's why I consider these two episodes to be like a fixed point in Star Trek history because it ties so much in together and then it's referenced over and over again because in in, uh, the Kelvin Star Treks, uh, Spock is still helping the Romulans. So like the whole reason like he creates mm-hmm. the red matter or whatever and like is trying to like help the Romulans is because it's assumed that he's been on Romulus this whole time living as a Romulan. And so do we know anything mm-hmm. about that? Well, it, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, um, Scott did a really great little video on canon. Scott? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's Sean. Uh, Sean. Sean did it, yes. Sh- Sean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What about um, it? And 
it's on canon and what was canon, what was considered canon, what wasn't canon. And uh, I didn't know that there was actually a statement on, I think it was StarTrek.com. I wish he was here. He'd, he'd explain it really well. But StarTrek.com had a statement about what was canon. And it was like, obviously, the shows, the movies. But then they threw in like like two novel, like two novels <laughs> and something or other. And I'm like, really? You know, and what wasn't included was the uh, graphic novel that you're referring to. Because oh, really? all that stuff about the Red Matter and the Romulans... That's from that graphic novel. Uh, no, but I'm saying it's assumed. It's assumed anyways. Like in um, in uh, the garb in, the garb even that he's wearing uh, in in the Kelvin timeline. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you can make those assumptions. But right, but Spock it's, it's finalized in. No, but I'm just saying. Like, right. forget the the. Even without knowing all that about how Jordy helped to create that ship and all mm-hmm. that stuff, just seeing Spock and like the fact that he even says he's like the Romulan son was like he's talking about in the movie he's talking right. about how he's trying to help the Romulans. Right. So it begs the question because he was there. Right. It begs the question: Has he been maintaining this on relationship Romulus on Romulus all this time? Right. So yeah, that's right. what I was saying. I didn't mean like. Right. No, I do realize that there is like a canonical. You know, there's more deeper stuff in yeah. the in the novel in the in those in comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is a cool story. Um, now let me ask you, what do you? Because for so long, and and if if you could if you can get him back, that'd be great. Because I'd like get to know his. It's like Star Trek Four. Uh, he's he's about to go into time warp. Okay. Because <clears throat> um, for the longest time. Unification was the endpoint for Spock. Yes, for us. Yes, because Star Trek Six was was it for the original crew. So there we go. So we're just talking about how unification used to be the last time you see Spock. Right. We, we, I want to know what everybody thinks about. You know, for so long, this was the endpoint for Spock. This was the latest we'll ever see Spock. Um and uh, start. Oh yeah, there's Star Trek Six. Mm. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, we get the the treat in 2009 that we get one more bit of Spock. (laughs) And and I I was just curious to know, what do you all think of, of, like, were, were were you more comfortable with unification being the end of, like, the end point for Spock? Or do you, do you like the fact that we got a little bit more of Spock in yeah, I feel 2009 like, Star Trek. Do you, which which endpoint do you prefer? For me, I I love the way Spock is integrated into 2009 uh, Star Trek. And as a matter of fact, it's what makes makes the movie. Like the movie could have been a make or break situation for me, mm-hmm. but to me, the whole it's so clever how Spock is kind of like the we the audience are Spock. Like we have basically been trans into this alternate timeline and now we're seeing like this whole like basically Spock's like all this stuff that I went through it's all different now like you know and so it's interesting and he's trying to stay out of the way and he's also like trying you know it's just and then the story is so much about that our Spock because Vulcan being destroyed while it's poignant to to the young Spock it's even more poignant to the older Spock because it's his fault directly like he's Guilty, like he feels immense right, he guilt, feels immense guilt because yeah. he, you know, uh, Nero blames him, and it's like that, you know, that whole thing happened. So it's a it's a pretty crazy thing, and I think it's wonderful that like you do have one character that has gone through basically every era and every iteration of um, Star Trek, except for Star Trek Discovery, which is an argument as to why like Star Trek Discovery might not be canon. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have Spock in it. No, I'm just kidding. It's about to. If you see the, <laughs> we're about to get more Spock. Uh, if you saw the trailer for Star Trek uh, Discovery, which, <laughs> by the way, hologram Spock. Hologram, hologram Spock. Spock. <laughs> you know, they actually uh, did say there was um, Adam Nimoy gave the okay. He said it would be cool if they did something where they oh, like a CGI like a Spock? CG. Spock, they put his face on somebody else's body. Wow. 
What would you think of that I, money? I, if I don't you, know if I if I would you that. would that you tolerate uh, like Did you like the way Tar? Did you guys like the way Tarkin? Uh, uh, no, that was fine. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't want to movie with CG Spock, but like for cameo, yeah, it's fine. I would be totally happy with Zachary Kinto uh, playing the role also because I but think he's too what? old for it. No, he's too. He's he's younger. He's young enough to be in this era. Actually. Is he? Yeah. Leonard, Leonard, it's forty when he played Spock. Yeah. The first time, so that Quinto's that old. Yeah. So so the so Star oh. Trek Discovery takes place. We're seven years from Kirk getting the Enterprise. Well, hang on. So I'm so not... think, so Zachary Quinto would be perfect because he would play Spock at that age. Not only that, there's no, a there's I... kind of like. Uh, Leonard Nimoy kind of passed the torch to him as far as the characters. In, in the movies. Well, but in in, in real life, they work, to, they work together, so he's kind of an apprentice of Nimoy, if you will. As far as the character's concerned, Zachary Kinto is the most um, invested. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I like, agree that he is Spock right it, now. Like, he is the Spock, right? But so uh, I, I think it would be. that. Being I think on. that would tie Discovery into a weird... It would somehow, in a weird way, tie Discovery uh, into the rest Back of to the episode <laughs> that we're talking about. <laughs> Wait, we're straying a little bit up. Topic. Yeah, it's true. We often do that on Starfleet. Back Brothers. to the episode. <laughs> um, uh, well, what was I going to ask? Um... Do you think they treated the death of Sarek correctly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very, yeah, I think, though. It's very heart-wrenching to see the Vulcan form of dementia, basically. Because yeah. all of these things that they hold dear, their discipline, like, their restriction of emotion, their control over emotion, it, like, ceases to exist. And he's, like, has these spasms of passion. He's basically Romulan. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And it's just torture. Yeah, it's torturous to, to watch, yeah. And it's torture for uh, them, you know. But I thought the, the scene, I thought the farewell between him and Picard was beautiful. There, He's trying to assist him doing the, right. the, the hand gesture. Um, so for me, for me, it was a, a fitting send-off. We get a little, uh, a little glimpse into... A youthful, a, a young, perhaps a teenage Spock or early adolescent Spock, uh, when Sarek starts talking about how Spock would go into the mountains, mm. yes. and stuff like that. And uh, is that in the novelization? Is that actually expanded? the novelization goes a little bit further and ties it in with Picard, and Picard says that um, uh, he has a moment when when he's on the uh, on the Klingon ship, and he's reflecting on what Sarek had said. You know, he just comes into his mind because of the mind meld and all that. And he's thinking about Sarek. And he remembers how he would escape into his grandmama's uh, closet oh. to read. And isn't that the, um, the lady that we see? Mamon. Oh, yes. Mamon. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's his grandmother, right? Yes, that's yes. his grandmother. And so he's going into his grandmother's closet to read. And his father would be calling for him to come out and, you know, uh, pick the grapes. Where are you, Jean-Luc? Pick the break, the grapes. We need to pick grapes. And he's in his grandmother's closet reading. And... and, and, and What's that? Hmm? And don't use any of your technology to do any of this. <laughs> don't use... Right. Use your hands. Right. So... Uh, so Picard was in the closet... Picard was in. It, it, she's, <laughs> apparently, it was, it was a, like a really large closet and it had a window. <laughs> oh wow! So it had a. Uh, oh, so so it was like the one in ET. Right. It's like something yeah. like that. Yeah, right. and it's like this idealic place to read. It's a walk-in. It's she, a walk-in. Grandma had a walk-in closet. Right. Well, you know, all those nice clothes yeah, she would true. have. That's you know, true. She was a very classy lady. She was very classy. Yeah, and, and uh, oddly, she would wear Victorian-style clothing. In the 23rd Third century, Because yes. she was a very classy lady, right? <laughs> Victorian clothes. Yes. Uh, vintage clothes. Yeah, you I know? guess so. It's true. So uh, she was a steampunk uh, uh, cosplayer yeah, it's... back in the day. And so he makes the connection how, you know, Picard... I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I know in the episode Family, there's a whole thing about him be, between him and his brother... 
But the novelization goes a little bit further and say that, yeah, there was a bit of tension between Picard and, and the father as well, because the father, you know, I guess the father preferred the brother because the brother respected the old ways, and Picard always had his eyes to space, to, to, to you know, moving away from Earth. Right, it's very similar to Spock. Which is similar to Spock, right. Incident and family, because the, at the, the dinner table the discussion, they talk about how the argument over the replicator was like an epic. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, that was the last time we had Moni on the show. Clone of the father. That's yeah. right. And that was the last time we had you on the show. It was on your birthday. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, okay, I guess we're about to wrap up the discussion for part one, unless there's anything else you guys could think of. Would you care to... Anything mm-hmm. else? No. Did you know... Was there anything of note in episode one, Moni? I mean, this could be a good segue in episode two, the unification part two anyway, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the separation, the, the length of time that has passed and the separation between the Rogalans and the Vulcans. That's a really good uh, really good thing. I did actually have that as a note for my episode two. Think, yeah, because it's like... The time scale we're dealing with is pretty large. So, the, I, I consulted the um, oh. on Denise Akuda Star Trek Encyclopedia yes. that I have. Nice. Oh, show it. Can you show yes. it to the audience? I love primary sources. <laughs> All right, there it is. Oh my gosh, I have that. <laughs> it's all right. I have that one too. <laughs> uh, anyway, so according to this, the um, Romulans separated from the Vulcans in the era of pre-Sirac or during the Sirac, when Sirac was you know, propounding the Vulcan philosophy, two thousand years before this. Wow. Yeah. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. 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 So it's two thousand. We're, we're talking two thousand years before. So basically, like the distance between now and ancient Rome. Oh, okay. So, so Spock is very ambitious, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I can overcome two thousand years of. Well, you know. that's actually a great way to tie up this episode. But before we do uh, tie it up, and then we're going to talk more about that in our second discussion. Uh, let's all go around and give our ratings. We already know Humbert gives it a ten. Uh, so I am actually, since you already gave your rating, I'm going to one-up you and give this episode oh, God. An, an unrateable. <laughs> what does that even mean? It means that there is no rating that can adequately describe No, it's a yet. 10. Can't you just say it's a 10? <laughs> I wouldn't even accept an 11. Fine, an 11. This episode's an 11. But the next one is unrateable. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ramon, Moni? Uh, I... Give it. I know. I have to give it an unrated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? That's two of us. Wait, you can't give it a rating. Wait, say that again. All right. And you know, part two in terms of like land of the Vulcan, which I can view and have Wait, you totally broke. You have to say your whole like last justification there again because you totally broke up. Try again. Okay, so I have to spend the rating and you indicated one into a whole. Oh, he wants to give a rating as a whole. For oh. The, for, the, for one and two. He ha- he feels like they are tied in, so that's yeah. why they're unrateable. Do you feel that way too? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I agree. Let's try to get him back. Well, but anyway, so well for the purposes of um, the of the show proper, <laughs> the correct answer is that it is a ten. <laughs> And uh, the two of you want to divert and give it a whole. <laughs> the, the three two, of us, the actually. Three. The three oh, because you're going to give a rating I'm give up a rating. to the two? Yeah, it's infinity. The two together? Just, yeah, they're, they're unrateable. Right. They're er, unrateable. Er, <laughs> I don't even know what, what to say about this. Right. Um, I want to say two more things that I just, re- I just remembered. Because um, you were talking about the scene where uh, Sarek, you know, Picard's helping him. With the the hand, you know, the Vulcan uh, salute, and in the commentary on the Blu-ray, they actually say that uh, when they wrote it, they were afraid Rick Berman 
was going to say no that that's too much because oh, Rick wow. Berman was notorious for being conservative conser- on sentiment you know, he didn't he didn't want a lot of sentimentality a lot of emotional you know like high melodrama uh, which may explain why maybe Rick Berman doesn't work today because uh-huh. everything's melodramatic today <laughs> that's like I can't believe that <laughs> right uh, but uh, he was okay with it. They uh, he well, it he, just, it, he, he kind of looked at them and said, "Okay, we'll we'll try it." But he was a little hesitant. Uh, hesitant. Um, and uh, and I did want to ask. Um, oh man, what was it? No, no, you know that's it. All right, I'm so done. we're Speaking gonna. Of, sorry, Vulcan Foods. Is this something that? Spock kind of do does that. Yeah, he does. I don't remember when that. he's Here, when he's show. in uh, meditation. Oh, okay. So does Spock hold his hands kind of like that? He does in Star Trek VI, actually. He does that when we first see him. I don't remember that. When we first see him. I can't do that. I can only do it with one hand. You can't do the... I can do it with one hand, not with the other, so I can't do that. All right, so we're going to end part one. Oh, wait. And I have one. What's that? Humber Humber did allude to it earlier. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Humber alluded to it earlier. It's when when you're describing how we've got... All of the big. Oh man! <laughs> all of the big races. But all the yeah, big. Wait. When we got all the big what? Like all the big races. races? We have all the Star Trek elements and races from the first series, but well, I don't think we've done quite enough justice to the Klingons yet. <laughs> Did you? Unless you've already covered that. Well, um, actually, we didn't talk about the Klingon captain of the ship that ferries. That's true. Uh, data. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Picard over. Um, I think the reason I didn't think about it is well because these discussions, you know, we're trying to like do them like whatever. But but like the I think for me ultimately like he's just kind of like uh, he he's so acquiescent. Like he doesn't really give up give much of a fight. I mean, like the one well. the one threatening thing he says to Picard is like. Remember, my orders do not include a rescue mission, and that's yeah. It's like... but, but he does get some of the best lines, though. I mean, he, or he sets up some of the best lines because I love that scene where Picard walks in uh-huh. and he's like, "Here are your quarters," you know, Klingon style, bum bum. Yeah. And then the Picard's no like, "Yes, soft blankets. No soft blankets for you." And Picard's like, yeah. "I prefer it that way." Bum, I bum. love that part. That's one of the best parts of the episode. Yeah, that's all right, true. all right, okay. And then he goes to Data. When, when he comes out, remember? Remember the part? He's like, be careful some Romulan wench doesn't uh, lick your, the paint off your ears. <laughs> That's true. You know? yeah. Something yeah. like that. And, and so he gets some of the best lines. It's true. I guess you're right. And um, oh the actor is, he's, uh, if you're a fan of news radio, he's his name is uh, Stephen Root. And he is, he's one of the great character actors of our time. And he, he's the one on news radio that plays the the station owner. Oh. The one who's... Uh, that he, That's who that is underneath the makeup. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And uh, remind me to tell you who Pardek is in the next episode. Okay. And then you were going to say something, Moni? Well, you're talking about the build-up the, the build that Picard got before meeting Spock. And it was like the meeting of the two titans of the very original series and the next generation. But I think the, the Klingons were ultimately a vehicle for bringing out that part of Picard. Is the first moment that we well, so we, he had his moment with Sarek, but then he has they need to enlist the Klingon help and get a bird of prey. Right, the gratitude from, scene, which is great. And, but he has an exchange with the like junior adjutants, which <laughs> 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 is so, priceless. Wait, it's made set. Well, all you're going to get is a gratitude, but if you don't, if, if it's not, and he very, very subtly and diplomatically says, if it's not Gowron that gets our gratitude, it will be somebody else. <laughs> and then they get the bird of prey, and it's amazing. Right. That's uh, certainly the full Picard. That is the full Picard. Right we, there. We're talking about yeah. how this we get the full Picard in this episode, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I, I wanted to mention before I move on, so... There's apparent. There's this like the, the only time that I think you can correct me if you know of other instances where we have uh, members of the crew have putting on prosthetics to blend in with the local population. Yes, <laughs> there are other episodes where. <laughs> 
Yeah, yes, actually, that that happens they, quite often. It, actually, it actually happens in uh, in uh, the Mintakian episode, which are the 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 uh, pre-industrial uh, Vulcan type. Well, actually, but they look more like Romulans. They had like the the right. the ridges or whatever. And yeah. then there's also Riker, uh, the episode with BB Newworth, uh, who plays Fraser's wife, uh, and and uh, uh, it's the uh, episode where. Uh, Riker, it's called First Contact, and Riker's on a planet, and he's stuck in a hospital. So he's he's right. uh, disguised as as uh, other aliens too. <laughs> Whatever you, a, hmm? when, go ahead. It says this is it's a tradition stemming back from when uh, what's um, that's right, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Oh is, yeah, that's right. That's Kirk. right. Imposes mm-hmm. a Romulan commander or a subcommander. That's right. I totally forgot. And, and, that. and they use much less prosthetics. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing that I was gonna I was gonna bring this up in our next discussion, but we can go ahead and touch on since we're supposed to do two discussions to be proper. But anyways, yes. uh, I'll bring this up. Uh, something to talk about. I guess we'll start the next episode off uh, with this. Is like, how do you guys feel about the redone Romulans from the original series to the next generation? In the original series, they look just like Vulcans. There's no yeah. other than the ears. There's no other, and the and the eyebrows. There's no other prosthetics or whatever or, or features. But now in Next Generation, and we've been right. living with this for a while now. Yeah, we Romulans have. I, I feel have, we may have discussed. Romulans it. have like a, a more pronounced uh, forehead mm-hmm. than uh, than than Vulcans do. Even though they're from the same people, they've somehow evolved a little differently over the last two thousand years. Um, right, and more. More recently than that, if you think about it, it's in eighty years. If we're going to be like true to like visual canon as as someone likes to be, uh, we can't. We have to that assume. Dig against. We have to way. assume that there's a reason why the Romulans look different from the original series to the next generation. We can't just say, "Oh, it's a redesign." We have to say something happened in between that time. So, you know, it's it's a kind of a dilemma when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, with regard to the Romulans, wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Well, were you going to say Go something? Ahead, say, or? say your point. Oh, okay. So first of all, even within Vulcan, we have like tons of sub variations. Like you have Vulcans with all different shades of skin. They right. look complete. Some look completely different from you know your prototypical like Spock and Sarek. Right. Yeah, two thousand years on a different, completely separated on a completely different planet. With different uh, gravity and yeah, but 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 okay, but it's really only eighty years because in the original series, both Klingons and Vulcan and, and Romulans don't have any distinguishing features. Well, how, how many Romulans did we see in the original series? We saw what we saw a few from one ship. Saw like two, right? Yeah. It is. Too, really. I will say this, and, and we'll talk about it. But I guess we'll just talk about it right now. I will say this, even though I'm trying to make the opposite point. Uh, no <laughs> one, no one seems to mind that Spock doesn't have ridges when he's having a soup in the cafe later on. So it is perhaps possible that Romulans from Regna, you know, or some other part of the continent, you know, of the planet, don't have the ridges. Or maybe it's like you mm-hmm. know, like some of us have Neanderthal genes, and some of us have less yeah. of it, you know, so it could be that. That's basically my point. We don't know right. how many sub-variants of Vulcan and Romulan there are. There, there could be Vulcans that look just like Romulans and then the dark. Right. Again, right. nothing on screen, though, to kind of support this, but still. Okay, I say it's fine. All <laughs> right, let's, uh, let's wrap up part one, and then we'll all convene again. We'll have a little bathroom break or whatever, and we'll all convene again for a part two discussion. Yay. All right, here we go. And could you guys do the live long and prosper, and we'll see you guys next time right after this. Oh, my God.